You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Hi, Aaliyah. Welcome to Brains On Headquarters. I am so glad you're here. Me too. So excited to see the studio. Wait, is that Joy Dolo, host of Forever Ago, pasting back and forth and muttering to herself? That's it! I can't do all of this! I'm just one person! One super spectacular, incredibly gorgeous person! Joy, what's going on? You seem really stressed. Oh, Halia, sorry. I just have way too much going on right now. I'm performing in a sold-out one-woman show, The Joy Dolo Story. Valentine's Day is right around the corner, and I wanted to bake heart-shaped cookies for all my friends and all my friends' pets. Plus, it's Black History Month, and I'm organizing a citywide parade to celebrate. Phew, that is a lot. And I'm not done. It's also my birthday this month, and I'm planning my annual birthday blowout block party, and I need to rent the bounce house, buy the cake, drop hints to all my friends about the birthday presents I want this year. Candy factory, hint, hint. And to top it all off, I'm supposed to host a Forever Ago episode today. Okay, but uh, what's all this stuff all over the ground? Oh, I need to make a self-portrait for my art class, so I'm using stuff from my grandma's junk drawer. Look, I made my eyeballs out of batteries and my arms out of used toothbrushes. Brilliant, right? <laughs> I just need to find something in here for my eyebrows. Joy, hold on. Maybe we can prioritize some things so you don't have to try to do everything on your to-do list at once. Yes, great idea. Learn to prioritize. Adding it to the to-do list right now. Mm, that's not what I meant. Ugh, why am I so busy? Do I need to rethink my entire life? Maybe I should just quit my job, sell all of my stuff, and become a professional surfer. Oh, great, now I need to learn how to surf. Joy, how about we celebrate Black History Month by talking to some awesome Black women working in science about their lives and their jobs, like how they got to be where they are and what advice they have. Maybe that can help you figure out what you want to do. I love it. I'm in. But first, can you help me finish this self-portrait for my art class? It just needs some eyebrows. <gasps> oh, how about these? Flathead screwdrivers, yes! You're listening to Brains On from APM Studios. I'm Molly Bloom. I'm Aaliyah. And I'm Joy Dolo. Today I'm having a serious crisis. I'm way too busy, I'm stressed out, and I have no idea what to do with my life. Ugh, we need to help her, Alia. So I'm wondering, how do you fight stress? Well, usually when I fight stress, I try to find something that will get really to my, like, my roots to make me calm down mm. and take some deep breaths. So what helps you calm down? I don't know, like listening to some music or like watching like a funny video that usually helps me calm down. Good advice. Um, do you know what you want to do for work when you're grown up? Well, I did want to be um, a professional basketball player when I'm older. Very cool. What are some of your other options? Um, a white hat hacker also. White hat hackers are basically like a good type of hacker, and I was learning coding for a little bit, so. That's amazing. Any other things you're thinking about? Well, I 
kind of do want to be an astronaut, but I'm kind of still thinking about it because there's so many risks and I'm a little scared. Mm, yeah. I mean, the cool thing is, is that you're interested in so many things. It's hard to decide. I feel like Joy's maybe going through something similar right now. Oh, I am. I am. There's so many things. And I just, I need to prioritize. I need to think about what I'm doing. I need to figure it out. But you know what's really interesting? I could not be a white hat hacker because I still can't turn off my flashlight on my cell phone. <laughs> what? I, I don't know how to do it. They keep updating these phones, and it's too much for me. I've, re- I've yeah. reached my brink. <laughs> I want to live through you, Aaliyah. <laughs> but you know, Joy is an actor now, but she thought about being a scientist when she was younger, right? I did. I did. I was in um, AP chem classes when I was in high school because I was really interested in, like, elements and how everything kind of came together. But... Um, but then I just started doing theater, and, and as you can tell, like, I'm, I'm pretty expressive. I can be a little <laughs> dramatic, some would say. Um, I don't know why Molly's laughing, but, <laughs> but I ended up doing that. I can help you with all the phone stuff. Oh. I, I got it down. Oh, good. I need a Wonderful. lot of help. I also need to change my background. It's been my dog for, like, six years. <laughs> well, there's a lot of ways we're going to try and help Joy today, and one of these is that we have to help her— figure out what she's going to do with her life, how to prioritize what's happening. So I think that we should get on our coats and hit the town because I don't think we're going to find a bunch of people hanging around Brains on headquarters who can give us career advice, except maybe Gungador. And I have a feeling his advice would not be that helpful. Good call. To the coat closet. I always feel more confident when I'm wearing my neon green buffer coat. Hi, Joy. Hi, Molly. Whoa, Joya Cooley, chemist at Cal State Fullerton? Joya, what are you doing in here? I was looking for my coat. I think I left it here after the Brains on Baking competition. Have you seen it? It's the one covered in flour and chocolate chips. Yeah, I think I ate it. Well, we're really glad you're here because I've been wondering whether I need to completely rethink my entire life and start over. Like, new career, new friends, new pets, everything. I totally understand that feeling. Sometimes life just feels kind of overwhelming, but it helps to focus on what you're passionate about. That's how I got into science. Okay, then. I think I need to ask you a few questions. So you're a chemist. Can you tell me, like, imagine I'm an alien. What is chemistry? Chemistry is, quite simply, the study of matter. So it's the study of everything around us. So we want to understand what makes up matter, why matter behaves certain ways, and what matter will do if we do certain things to it, if we mix it with other things, if we heat it up, if we cool it down. Why why does matter matter? Because matter makes up everything around us. So it helps us understand uh, why certain things are the way they are, but it also helps us understand how to make new things. If we want to make something new that does something specific, we need to understand matter in order to make better matter. That matters. (laughs) Um, How did you find your love of chemistry? Learning about chemistry in school was always very fun for me. I had really great teachers Especially in high school, they helped me uh, understand that chemistry really does help us understand the world around us. It helps us understand why things act the way they do and uh, how you can use chemistry to make new things that will make the world better. 
So, I mean, we know you love chemistry. Do you have other passions that you're interested in? I do. Um, One thing I love is music. I'm always listening to music and I love to go see live music. I also love baking because it's basically chemistry that you can eat. So if you had a superpower, real or unreal, what would your superpowers be? If I had an unreal superpower, I would say I would need laser vision. And that's because in my uh, research that I do at Cal State Fullerton, we are really interested in how matter reacts to temperature. So we heat things up and see what it does. So if I could heat things up myself, that would be really cool. Thanks so much for talking with us, Joya. I'm so glad I could help. Hey, found my jacket. See you both later. Bye, Joya. (laughs) That was so helpful. Yes. Maybe I should become a chemist. Hmm. She gave me a lot to chew over. And speaking of chewing, I'd love to chew some food, too. Lunch break? Ooh, yeah. Sandwiches or tacos? Aren't tacos technically sandwiches? Whoa. You are blowing my mind right now. Hmm. I think if we'd really want to know, we'd have to talk to a taco and sandwich expert. Oh my gosh, botanist and urban ecologist Jasmine Green? What are you doing here? I'm always here on Taco Tuesday. The taco farm does grow the absolute best tacos. Jasmine, I'm so glad you're here. I don't want to get in between you and your tacos, but would you have time for a few questions? Sure. I'm used to getting asked a lot of questions whenever I stop by Brains on Headquarters. I'd love it. Great. First of all, what is botany? Yeah, botany, very simply, is the study of plants. You know, when I was little, I used to, um, we always lived by this big field, and then there was like this like pond in the middle of it, and it was just in the middle of, you know, suburbia. And I was always like, this is just like my little piece of nature. How did you get involved in this field? Yeah, so very similar to you, I also grew up in suburbia, and most of my outdoor experiences were you know, going out in my backyard or like walking around the neighborhood, um, walking by like little ponds and like walking trails in in the forest. And that always seemed super magical to me. Um, What I study is plants in vacant lots. So what I'm interested in is seeing how urban landscapes might lead to more differences in plants living in different parts of the city compared to maybe a more quote-unquote natural landscape where it doesn't have all of this like human sort of influence. If you had a superpower, what would your superpower be? It would be really cool if I could absorb energy like plants do, like solar energy, but I would expand this to like electricity. Like if I could plug myself up to a wall socket and that could power me, I think that would be super cool. What's your origin story? I feel like I've wanted to be a scientist since probably elementary school. So I think this probably started with my mom's a nurse. So she was getting her like nursing degree when I was little. And so that probably started it. And then when she would study science, like I was also there. I just thought it was really cool. What is your favorite plant you would find in a vacant lot? Hands down, it is wild radish. So um, Raffinus genus, I love seeing this plant just because it has really beautiful flowers. They're really cute, small, 
Um, they can be pink, they can be white, and they can be yellow. And also they can mix colors too. So it's always fun to um, stumble upon them because they're, they're really beautiful, in my opinion. Can you eat them? You can. They're not like the radishes that we see like in, um, in stores. They're basically their wild relative. Um, so you could eat them if you wanted to, but it's probably not as pleasant an experience as the ones that you get in the store. <laughs> okay, so I have dandelions that grow in my yard. Can I straight up eat the dandelions that are in my yard? Dandelion leaves are edible. I would caution anyone if you're going to eat a plant that you see, make sure that you've identified it correctly <laughs> before <laughs> consuming anything. Because plants can also be toxic. That's true. And I have two dogs, so there might be a little <laughs> pee-pee on them. <laughs> okay. Should I become an urban ecologist? Urban ecology is really cool because you get a better understanding of the nature that's all around you. So if you are going for a walk and you see maybe a vacant lot or you see a yard full of trees. If you're curious about what that, how that got there, why, why it looks the way it does, why the plants that are growing there are growing there, that's all you need to be an urban ecologist. And thinking about the future, a lot of people move to the cities and a lot of people are living in these urbanized areas. So if we want plants and humans to coexist peacefully, then we need people to study how they interact and study how they live together so that we can create nice places to live that have beautiful plants and beautiful people. Jasmine Green, it's been so great talking to you. I don't want to hold you up from the tacos. I can smell them from here. <laughs> they smell so good. Bye, Leah. Bye, Molly. Bye, Joy. <laughs> wow, that Jasmine knows her stuff. Maybe I should become a botanist. Botany is awesome. And if you want to be an ecologist, you have to have excellent observation skills. Ooh, like the power of hearing. And as long as you're here, Joy, I hope you'll join us for the... Here it is. Oh my goodness. What? That's intense. What is that? What do you guys think? <laughs> All right. Who wants to guess first? Let's have you guess first, Aaliyah. Okay. So I kind of thought like at first it was like them like, you know, when you have like a textbook and you just get bored and then you like mm. try to flip through the pages super flat, fast with your finger. Mm -hmm. Like when you do that. And then I feel like they're, they were like ripping out pages after that. Yeah. That's really good. You know what I thought it was? You know, like um, like a broom or maybe like a brush that has like the bristles, you know? And then, oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you kind of like do that thing where they kind of go doink, 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 doink. It does sound like that too. <laughs> yeah, like either like a broom or a brush maybe. Yeah. Or maybe like a like a really thick carpet. Like that thing might be right. <laughs> I'm just going to keep guessing <laughs> until somebody tells me to stop. <laughs> we are going to be back with the answer and give you both another chance to guess in just a bit. Hey friends, we're working on an episode all about friendship. Friendship is an amazing part of being human. What would you say, Aaliyah, makes a good friend? Someone who 
you can really trust. Like, if you like tell them a secret, they'll keep it. And someone who's supportive, and someone that is very kind to you, not someone that like pushes you and kind of like a show off and it's kind of mean to you. Mm-hmm. Listeners, tell us what do you think makes a good friend? Record yourself and send it to us. Brainson.org/contact. And while you're there, you can send us mystery sounds, drawings, and questions like this one. Why do birds not taste spicy things and squirrels do? You can find the answer on our Moment of Um podcast. It's a daily dose of facts and fun every weekday. You can find it wherever you listen to Brains On. And forever ago. And keep listening. You're listening to Brains On. I'm Aaliyah. And I'm Molly. And I'm Joy. And I can't stop thinking about that mystery sound. I know. I can't take the suspense. Let's listen it one more time and then find out what it is. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Any new thoughts? Oh, well, now it kind of sounds like somebody's like, you know that, like, when you ever you get packages and there's, like, that, like, there's little balls clumped together? It sounds like somebody's, like, chopping that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Maybe packaging bubbles? Mm. You know, when you, like, oh, I love those, those big fat ones, when you rub them, they kind of make, like, a... a... <laughs> yeah. That <Yes. laughs> sound. If you ever need someone to make mystery sounds, like... With your mouth? I'm available. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> All right. We got some good guesses. Are you ready for the answer? Yes. Yes. Okay, here it is. So that was the sound of dragonfly wings rubbing kind of against my finger. So I was taking my finger and rubbing it along the edge of a dragonfly wing. And dragonfly wings are very stiff um, and they have lots of veins in them, which helps their wings stay stiff when they're doing their flying. So if you run your finger along them and you hit each of those little veins, it makes that kind of rustling sound. What? what? Amazing. So you guys were close. We were close. Rubbing a finger on something. Yep, yep. Yeah. Just happened to be a dragonfly wing. And it was, it's it's stiff, like the bristles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or exactly. Like packaging bubbles. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. You were not that far off. So that mystery sound came from our friend Jessica Ware. She's an entomologist, which means she studies insects. She's also the president of the World Dragonfly Association, and she left this message for us. My name is Dr. Jessica Ware, and I am an associate curator at the American Museum of Natural History. And that means that I work with the collections of insects that we have here at the museum, and I'm a scientist. And what I study is evolutionary entomology. So I study how insects evolved over time. I always really appreciated insects, I think, um, but I didn't know that someone could study insects for their job. Um, And so, Once I got to university, I realized that there were scientists and that whole job was just being curious and asking questions. And I thought, well, that seems like a pretty great job. I think I should do that. And then once I learned about insects and how many there were and how many millions were yet to be discovered, I like an adventure. So I thought maybe I could be someone that does some of that discovery. What I love most about dragonflies is that they're really colorful. 
they're amazing predators. So they're like lions, you know, they eat all the things that we don't really want to have around like mosquitoes, but they're also really old. So we have fossils of modern dragonflies that are 250 million years old, which is pretty great. But I think in general also they're overlooked. So I like an underdog. Once you get used to looking at very small things like insects, it really changes the way you look at the whole world. So when I'm walking to the subway, when I'm driving in a car to the grocery store, I really view everything through a different lens, I think, because I'm so used to working with things that are really small and kind of overlooked. And so it really changes your perspective, I think, on the grander scheme of things and how we as humans fit into the, into the world. Oh, I love that. Looking at tiny creatures to see the big picture. Thanks, Dr. Ware. So cool. I know. Do you hear that? Yeah, it sounds like some kind of robot, but that can't be right. The Brains on Robot prom isn't until next week. Whoa, it's robotic scientist Randy Williams. And is that a skeleton? Oh, well, that's Mr. Bone Jangles, our resident singing skeleton. Randy, what are you two up to? Oh, hey. Hello. So we're building a robot to help Mr. Bone Jangles keep his sock stash organized. Sock stash? I have an extensive collection of socks in my bone chip pad. If you've ever had a missing sock, it's probably because I snuck into your house when you weren't looking, stuck my bony little hand in the laundry pile, and yoinked it. So that's where they went. But I've gotten so good at stealing socks that I don't know what to do with all of them. Randy and I have been working our fingers to the bone trying to come up with a solution. Ah, don't worry. I just have to tighten up this screw and... Voila! Super Sock Sorter 3001 activated. My mission is to sort all of your socks so that you can acquire more socks. Oh, look, he's so cute. Oh, he's so little tiny. Where are the socks? Must organize. Thanks so much, Randy. Saki, wait for me. Saki, now I know that you think you're some kind of expert, but you could be learning from the real pros. Randy, now that the Super Sock Sorter 3001 is finished and busy sorting socks, would you have time to answer a few questions? Sure, Joy. Okay, Randy, um, when did you become interested in robots and AI? Well, actually, surprisingly late. So I really got into it when I started graduate school at MIT, where I am now. Beforehand, I had done a lot of work with computer science and with engineering. So I really liked to build things, but I'd never built a robot before. Yet, it became a life-changing moment when I met my professor, Dr. Cynthia Brazil, who uses robotics in a very special way. She uses robots to communicate with people and to help people. And I didn't realize that you could use robots for that before. I thought, you know, robots would drive you around or maybe work in factories, but I never thought about the connections between robots and people. And that really inspired me to learn more about robotics and AI. Now, when you say that robots communicate with people, like, are you saying that the robots, like, talk and then you talk back to it and it, like, knows what you're saying? Yeah. For example, how you move your body has a lot to do with how you communicate 
or the facial expressions that you make or the way that your voice goes up if you're really excited about something or down. And maybe you talk slowly and dramatically to draw people in. So our robots try and use all of those different tools to really connect with people in the same way that people connect with people. I think I understand what you're talking about. (laughs) I would be a terrible robot. (laughs) Okay, so, um, I mean, speaking of questions, I clearly have questions about my career, and I'm having a career crisis just another another Tuesday. Could you give me, like, a 30-second pitch on, like, why I should become a roboticist? Ooh, all right. Here is why you should become a roboticist, Joy. My favorite thing about robotics is that it uses so many different skills all together in one thing. So if you really like to solve problems, if you like puzzles, then there's a lot of computer science and programming behind robots. So you get to do that. If you enjoy design and creating things and building things and art and working with your hands, then yeah, building the physical robot requires people who are very creative and very visual in order to make a robot that looks convincing and hopefully cute, maybe, um, as well as works well. Or maybe you're someone who really likes interacting with people and really likes stories. Maybe you're scripting how uh, one person should talk to another person. And that has a lot to do with robotics, too. Because if you're trying to build a robot that can talk to people, then you have to think about, well, what would this robot say in this situation? What would it say in that situation? And so the people who I work with, all the roboticists that I work with, they often have a whole range of skills. So they could be artists, storytellers, psychologists, computer programmers. And we all get to work together to make these really powerful, fun, um, but also helpful and practical robots. Being a woman and a person of color in this field, um, did you have any like specific challenges? Like, did you see a lot of people like you? And if you did have challenges, how did you overcome it? I got to be honest with you. When I took my first computer science class, there were two girls in the class, me and my friend Kelsey. And I don't know. I think at first I didn't really notice that. It didn't really bother me because I was lucky enough to grow up with my mom having done engineering. And so she would take us to all of these women or girl engineering kinds of clubs. And so I'd already had the mindset. They're like, yeah, of course girls can do this. But Over time, in that computer science class, I started to wonder, I was like, wait a minute, do I belong here? But here's what I learned. First, I think that really the field does best when people with very different mindsets enter the room. So if you come into the classroom and maybe you're the only girl or the only boy or the only person of color or the only person for where you're from, that's actually a good thing. That means that you have a way of seeing a problem that no one else does. So you can learn from the people in the room. And they can learn from you. Oh, that's super great. That's wonderful advice. Okay, so uh, let's say you had a superpower. What would you say your superpower is? My superpower is that I am always curious. And I'm always wanting um, to learn more things and to understand the world in different ways. And yeah, that allows me to just continue growing and to continue being excited about new things. Thanks, Randy. My pleasure. Bye. makes me feel so much better. There are so many ways to be creative and explore the world, whether that's by building robots or studying plants and insects or inventing cool new materials. But there is one last thing that has me feeling kind of stressed. 
What is it? Whether tacos are sandwiches and sandwiches are tacos? Yeah, but also I'm supposed to do a whole space scene in my one-woman show, The Joy Dolo Story, and I have no idea what I'm going to wear. I need something practical but playful, flame-retardant but fashionable, breathable but breathtaking. Oh, I can help you with that. Wait, aren't you Sharon McDougal? The Sharon McDougal, the space suit technician? I sure am. I was just on my way to Brains on Zero Gravity Room. I'm helping Mark get suited up for his new dance class, Graversizing. You know, like Jazzercising. <laughs> it's where you exercise in zero G. Ooh, that sounds fun. I was wondering why Mark was walking around in spandex shorts and a sweatband the other day. Before you go, Sharon, mind if I ask you about your work? Of course. How did you get started working with spacesuits? So I always get asked that, you know, how did you get into your career? And I was like, there's no special moment where I was laying out in the yard on a grassy knoll, looking up at the sky, like, oh, one day I want to work with the space program. There was none of that. I had no idea what I was going to do. When I graduated uh, in high school, Air Force recruiter came and spoke to our class. So I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't have money to attend college, even though I wanted to go to college. And so when the Air Force recruiter came and spoke to us in, a, in an assembly, I was like, that's what I'm going to do. The Air Force will pay for my schooling. I'll get to, you know, I still can work and get a paycheck and travel and just have a great life. And I got, and yeah, and I did get all of that too in the Air Force. So I worked with the space shuttle program for 22 years. And so I started at the very bottom, even though I was already experienced from the Air Force, I started at the bottom as a suit technician. Then I became the first woman and the first black crew chief in the department. And then I became the first and only black woman manager. So I've made it all the way to the top of my career. Wow. What's been one of your favorite moments doing this work? Oh, my goodness. Um, the most memorable, of course, is making history by setting up the first black woman astronaut to go to space. And I was the first and only black woman in my department. Also uh, leading the first and only all-female spacesuit crew to suit up an astronaut crew and, and get them ready for flight. Wow. What are some of the trickiest parts of taking care of the spacesuits? The trickiest parts are that each astronaut did not have their own spacesuit. You'd have one astronaut a different size in the suit one day, and then the next day somebody else that may be shorter or taller or a little heavier or a little thinner would get in the suit. So we'd have to make sure we adjusted it just right. So you have to do all the measurements and make sure you tighten it where it needs to be tightened, it, loosen it where it needs to be loosened. And then when you test it, make sure it works properly. What advice would you have for someone that would, let's say they're in the middle of a career crisis and mm -hmm. they don't know what to do next. Like what advice would you give that person? Let's say it's not me. Okay. I would tell them to change gears. You can always change your mind. You don't have to stick with the subject that you may have be, may have as your major. If you're working a job and you don't feel like you're getting treated well, and I know we need a paycheck, but it's not worth your mental health, you know? And then if you get rejected, rejection is just redirection. That wasn't meant for you. Thanks for answering my questions, Sharon. Anytime. I'm off to the zero gravity room. Bye. Brain's on. Wow, so many amazing, funny, creative scientists hanging out at Brains on Headquarters today. And they were so kind to answer all of our questions. I love asking people questions, hearing about their lives, joking around with them, hanging out with cool kids like you, Aaliyah, learning stuff with my friend Molly. What a perfect day. 
asking questions, learning stuff, making jokes. Seems like your perfect job might be podcast host. Oh, wow. You're right. And I already do that. Oof. Now that this existential crisis is over, I can get back to that to-do list. What's up first? Finally getting those snacks. Taco sandwich, anyone? That's it for this episode of Brains On. This episode was produced by Joy Dolo, Molly Bloom, Shayla Farzan, Rosie Dupont, Anna Goldfield, Adaron Wildeslasi, Anna Weggle, Nico Gonzalez-Whistler, Ruby Guthrie, and Mark Sanchez. Our editor is Sandon Totten. This episode was sound designed by Mark Sanchez. Beth Perlman is our executive producer, and the executives in charge of APM Studios are Chandra Kavati, Alex Schaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Special thanks to John Nicolosi, Latifa Bryant, Scott Rohan, and Mickey Bloom. Brains On is a nonprofit public radio program. There are lots of ways to support the show. Head to brainson.org. While you're there, you can subscribe to our Smarty Pass. It gives you access to ad-free episodes and bonus content. You can submit your questions. And tell your friends about us. That's brainson.org. Now it's time for the Brains Honor Roll. These are the incredible kids who keep the show going with their ideas, mystery sounds, drawings, and high fives. Evelyn and Sarah from Hillsboro, Oregon, Izzy from DeMott, Indiana, Corbin from Ponchatoula, Louisiana, Kellen and Emmett from Oak Park, Illinois, Jack from Eugene, Oregon, Ella from Greenbelt, Maryland, Avnesh from Fairfax, Virginia, Isaiah from Kansas City, Emmy from Traverse City, Michigan, Preston from Oklahoma City, Zima from Novi, Michigan, Ollie from Santa Cruz, California, Annie from Singapore, Devon and Serena from Walnut Creek, California, Ethan and Ian from Seattle, James from McFarland, Wisconsin. Aaron from Fairfax, Virginia, Israel from Coral Springs, Florida, Hazel and Hamish from Burnaby, British Columbia, Walker from Anchorage, Alaska, Charles and Theo from Carson City, Nevada, Elijah from Bakersfield, California, Santiago from College Station, Texas, Miles and Amelia from South Pasadena, California, Ira from Los Angeles, Mackenzie from Kentucky, Zoe from New Hampshire, Quinlan from Waipukurao, New Zealand, Layla from Sydney, Australia, Kara and Madeline from Ole, Pennsylvania, Alice from Kingston, Ontario, Maeve from Columbia, Missouri, James and Katya from Minneapolis, Nathan from Torrance, California, Nolan from Austin, Texas, William from Duluth, Georgia, Cormac from Washington, Ariana from Las Vegas, Zoe from Australia, Olivia from Hawthorne, California, Oliver from Toronto, Logan from Harriman, Utah, Ruby from Pittsburgh, Calvin from Maple Valley, Washington, Sienna from Mill Valley, California, Etalyn and Kingston from Port Townsend, Washington, Talay and Laloma from Pacific Harbor, Fiji, Chase from Boston, Helena and Emmett from Bellingham, Washington, Amina and Maya from London, Canada, Neil from Clovis, California, Ethan and Jonathan from Orlando, Florida, Cadence from Brisbane, Australia, Luke from Wollongong, Australia, John from Gig Harbor, Washington, Sunny from Ramona, California, Logan from Nashua, New Hampshire, Mina and Declan from Toronto, Zoe from Louisville, Colorado, Gus and Theo from Wilmington, Delaware, Maeve from Kittery, Maine, Era from Melbourne, Australia, Jessamine and Ada from Oakville, Connecticut, Simon and Oliver from Portland, Maine, Austin from Exton, Pennsylvania, Thomas from Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, Jennifer from Sydney, Australia, Chen Z from Singapore, Mikey and Marin from Prince Edward Islands, and Raphael from Montreal. We'll be back next week with more answers to your questions. Thanks for listening.